When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. How is everybody doing in quarantine today? I am personally doing great now because we are joined here behind the velvet rope with the one and only Dr. Amani Walker from (laughs) Married to Medicine LA. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You look nice and refreshed. You're in like as a bathing suit you're in yes. somewhere let's put it I'm that in like way. a whole bathing suit right oh now my I don't God. Know how much you could see but yeah it's it's warm out here so I wanted to just take advantage of that because it's been rainy and cold cold here um and now it's like 78 and sunny so I was out by the pool but I wanted to just come inside real quick so I could do this interview with you I'm so jealous. It's been rainy here. It's literally my heat was on and up until yesterday, like full blast. It's been so cold here. It's oh, not even funny. Yeah. So, well, you but know, it's not snowing. It's not, no. I remember like being in New York and it would snow in April, like the Prince song. So, yeah. Well, okay. So you can't see me, but this was not planned. But look at my shirt. See, see, yes. Okay, oh. I'm a huge, like, oh my God, I'm a huge Prince, Prince fan. fan. Like Mom. most people, I think. But yeah, I'm a huge Prince fan. Did you ever go to Paisley Park? I never went to Paisley Park. I think my Amazing. mom, my, my mom and Prince were actually really good friends. Why? Um, yeah, my mother and Prince. So you, do you remember the video where Kim Kardashian, like, Prince like kicked her off the stage. Yes. And then somebody else came on afterwards and was dancing. Oh my God. That's my mom. Are so you we were at me? that concert. So I was at that concert too. Yeah. So I actually was able, I actually did go on stage later on in the show and he was like, come dance with me. And I was way too scared, but I did get to talk to him at, at the after party. And it was like I know like we were talking about the Arab Spring and he was just so like beautiful and his eyes were just like because I can't do my makeup and his eyes were like perfectly like long. I mean he looked like he I remember he jumped up he had on like his his heels and he jumped up from like the little booth we were sitting in because it was at the old Nels on 23rd Street yeah and he jumped up and then like his <laughs> His leg touched my arm, and I was like, I'm never washing this part of my arm again. Oh, my God. And then he just got up and started playing, like, this concert for, like, hours and hours. And I was like, I got to go home. I'm too tired. So, yeah, he was – I met him on a couple of occasions, and he was just hella cool, like, really, like, like just regular. 
and it was it was really nice. Oh my god! How does your mother know Prince? Like that's where I want to start. Okay, so my I I believe my mother my mother met him through another friend of hers. Wow! But this was back when um my family used to own um some company, so they used to own the L.A. Sparks, the women's basketball team, and they also own this um station called the Africa Channel. And so my mother and Prince were trying to collaborate um, something with the Africa Channel um, to air. But I remember he came out here and did that series of concerts for a month at the Forum. And the tickets were like like $10 or something. So yeah. I went like three times. <laughs> like I was three times. I went to the after party. Like it was it like then there was an after after party at like his party house in Bel Air and he was like like roller skating. It was it was wild. It was it was super fun. But he was he was really, really sweet and really nice. Oh my god. Out of like everyone I've met and then I have like my short list, like Prince is like I would kill to meet Prince. I mean it's just he is like was he as like I guess he's just what you expect, right? He's, like he's just, Prince. it's like he's, he's like, I've read recently that somebody was saying like, oh my God, Rihanna smells like heaven. And it was yeah. kind of like the same thing. Like, I don't know what the scent was, but it just, he just looked like, I don't know. He looked like this, like he came down from like another planet. Oh my God. And then was like, oh, you mean these sparkles? That's just my skin. <laughs> you need to go to Paisley Park. It's so, you know, like you can't go upstairs or anything. I mean, I don't right. know what happens if you're a friend of the family. Maybe your mother could get you upstairs. But like you you see enough and it's like this is really the house. And it's just so shocking. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's just what you expect. It's like colors. And then there's rooms and it's not, there's rooms that are like dedicated to albums. There's like the purple rain room. Oh my God. Parade room. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, there's a love sexy room, a controversy. It's like, it's so interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. And like some of it, I think is now that it's open to the public, but not that we were told like, this is actually a lot of it was just the natural way the house was. And the the kitchen is tiny. It's like, it's like, it's like a New York kitchen. Yeah. It's just tiny. It's just like a little thing that's there. It's so strange. That's funny. Because I remember the last time I saw him when he was out here, we were at his party house in Bel Air. And so he was like, you guys, you know, eat whatever you want. And the, like, he was like, take whatever you want. There was like liquor and stuff that I knew he didn't eat. But he was like, you guys can have whatever you want in the fridge. Just don't eat the red velvet cupcakes. Oh my God. I was like, well, of course you only subsist on red velvet cupcakes and like syrup. That's such, that's such a Prince thing. That's such a Prince thing. I love, I literally love Prince. So I've like seen like the revolution like now, cause they, they still tour the revolution. Yeah, no, I know. I saw, they're, they're I actually good. went to the, uh, I went to the Purple Rain concert when I was 10. Okay. In Dallas, yeah, it and it was, and I know at the time I was like, this is probably not appropriate, but like my, it was like me and my mom and like my cousins, and we just had like a blast. It was like, I was like, this is, I was like, and so because of that, my favorite color has always been purple. A purple is one of my favorite colors, and like the whole family, like I love Sheila E, Apollonia, Vanity, oh, yeah. Morris Day, like it, the whole group is. What about Carmen Electra though? Oh. Car- I went to meet Carmen Electra. She was in New Jersey about a year ago. 
really right. just because of Prince. I'm like, I love you dearly. All I want to do is talk about Prince. It's right. like, exactly, exactly. But her stuff is great too. It's like, no, it is. My it favorite, is. I think. Oh, and like the family. The family is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The family was good too, and I think I remember like reading somewhere that the the first time album was just Prince and Morris Day. Oh, really? And so, yeah. And so Morris was plays played the drums. He actually really wasn't like the, the front man. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I love Morris too. Yeah, me too. Oh my God. See, so I, I could talk about hours for this, but yeah, so, exactly. Me too. I love Prince. <laughs> um, and you, now you're originally from New York, right? Like that. I am. I'm, I'm originally from New York. I was born in Syracuse, and then we left to go to Texas. And I grew up in Texas and New York, like went back and forth, back and forth until I was like 13. And then I moved to New York City for good. And did you love growing up in New York? I did. I really, I really did. I really did love growing up in New York, um, especially because I think, you know, in contrast to how it was back then, like I liked New York when it was kind of fun and scary, you know, right. and I think after a while, um, because I left New York for good in 2004, like after I got, um, after I graduated from medical school. But I think prior to that, it was just like, like I had come from Houston, Texas. So I really, like public transportation really wasn't like a thing the way it is in New York. So when I finally like arrived in New York and understood the subway system, I was always in the village. I was always just like everywhere because I was like, oh my God, this is the like, I only really knew what my family had showed me, but then when I got to like, you know, be a teenager and be out and about in New York, I was like, I'm, I was in Brooklyn, I was in the village, but also I think, you know, it was just, I don't know, it was, it was more fun to me when it was kind of scary. It well, <laughs> it's changed it a lot. Pottery barn. Yeah, it's Pottery Barn and like high rises and like yeah. the real, like even the foods. village. Yeah, like even the village, even like Soho, it's all, it's so different now. It's just so yeah. different. I'll admit it, as important it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Yeah. So now, did you always know you wanted, like growing up, like what did you want to be? Like, did you always want to be a doctor? For the most part, yeah. When I, I think when I was, when I was really young, I wanted to be, I was like, I want to be a scientist. Like I was really into science. And I think that was because my dad, um, my biological father is an engineer. 
And my mom was a journalist back then and she would sometimes report on like science and stuff, but I was always really science and math like centric. And I wanted to be a scientist and then I wanted to be an astronomer and then I wanted to be an astronaut until I was in fifth grade and the Challenger explosion happened. <laughs> Because they showed it live, like, in yeah. school back then. Like, back then when they were, like, you know, when NASA would have, like, um, you know, like, a rocket would go up into, you know, like, the heavens, they would show it. So they had us, you know, watching the Challenger disaster. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to be a doctor now. Um, so, yeah, pretty much I always wanted to be a doctor since I was about 10 and then once I told my mom that, she was just like, okay, well, if you want to be a doctor, like, she just kind of helped me, helped to guide me into which programs I should be in. And then even, like, the university I ended up going to, which is Xavier, which we actually go to this season. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and Married to Medicine in Los Angeles, because myself, Dr. Britton, and Dr. Contessa from the Atlanta show, we were actually um, grand marshals at the uh, homecoming parade. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but that being said, yeah, I always pretty much wanted to be a doctor. Um, I didn't know I wanted to be a psychiatrist, but that came kind of later. So your mother must have been thrilled, right? Like whose parents wouldn't want them to be a doctor? Yeah. I mean, she, I think she was definitely thrilled that I became a doctor. I think, you know, I've been told by some of her friends that she would kind of stunt on people like, oh, like, oh, your, your daughter's a psychologist. Well, that's cute. Because my daughter like went to med school. <laughs> so that's that's what I've heard. Like it's sure, not one of the like, real the doctors. Is that <laughs> right? Okay. Um, but yeah, she um she did kind of try to like steer me away from being a psychiatrist, but I always wanted to be a writer. And um when I got into medical school and then I actually did a rotation doing psychiatry, I was like, oh, I get to basically evaluate people's motives. I get to be alone. I'm an only child for the most part. I get to like write all day, like this is perfect. So I just decided to go into psychiatry. And then later I decided to go into forensic psychiatry because I really wanted to like be like Clary Starling. And I really wanted to be in the FBI and do like psychological profiling and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's not what you, is that what you do now? Forensic or no? I yeah. So I did, after I graduated from my residency program, I did a fellowship in uh, forensic psychiatry. And so, so now I mostly see forensic psychiatry cases when I, when I see patients. So what is that? Like what type of patients? So forensic psychiatry is where the law and psychiatry like intersect. So a lot of people know about like in L in, in California, they're called 5150. So like 72 hour psychiatric hold, it's different by state. Um, but I deal with the patients who like just came out of prison or have been found mentally incompetent to stand trial or are in certain programs where they're conditionally released from the state mental hospital. And then they get a chance to go into the community and I treat those patients. So sometimes like if you ever hear of like a celebrity who might've been stalked by someone, those are the patients that I typically end up seeing once they're released from the state mental hospital. Interesting. Or like, as you say, the crazy lady at the bus stop, that's what you said yeah. on the first season. Yeah, okay. yes, it, yes. a lot of people took issue with that. Um, really? I, I like crazy. didn't even mean... Oh, I, I, I didn't even mean any shade by that. I'm just like... No, and it, and it wasn't because I, what I tried to explain on my Instagram was 
So I work in mental health, obviously, and amongst mental health professionals, we will use the term crazy, but it doesn't mean that it's a detraction. It's not taking away from the person. It's kind of like when people used to call, um, you know, people who have cognitive impairment, they would say they were mentally retarded because in medicine and in psychiatry, that's what they are known as. But now we use cognitive impairment because saying someone is retarded is more so seen as a slur these days. But we do use the term crazy when we have to describe certain, you know, like the majority of our patients if they're having symptoms. That makes sense. Yeah. And then how'd you end up in LA? I mean, I know you said the weather is great. Like what, how was that like a conscious, like how, how'd that happen? Um, so as you, as you know, I grew up in New York and then my parents moved out to LA in 2000 because my mother used to, my mother and my, my uh, stepfather used to work for NBC at 30 Rock. So my mom was the news director of Channel 4 and my dad was a makeup artist and he used to do Saturday Night Live and he used to do Tom Brokaw's makeup for Nightly News and the Today Show. But my mom um, got up promoted basically to um, come out here and be the general manager of uh, Channel 4 out here in LA. So my parents moved out here. A lot of my family also left New York. And I, at the time, was doing my psychiatry residency at Temple University in Philadelphia. Okay. And I woke up one day and it was eight degrees and the high was going to be 16 degrees. And I was like, this is stupid. And I don't want to deal with this weather <laughs> anymore. So I transferred into a program over here in LA in 2005. So I've been out here for the past 15 years. Amazing. That makes sense. Yeah. And then talk about like your husband in the sense that like, I could only imagine like the people that I idolize in music that I'm a fan of, like, how is it to marry someone that you were like a fan of? Like, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, I know I you're past that now you're married forever, but I yeah. just would think if like Justin Bieber were gay and walked in the front door <laughs> and then I married right? him somehow, like I'd be in heaven. Well, yes, but here's the thing, and you probably have to ask Hallie Bieber. Is that her name, Haley Bieber? Yeah. You probably have to ask her what it's like because being married to someone who is an artist in that way, like they don't, like I was like, oh, I'm going to be like his muse, and, and that's not what happens at all. Like to him, music is work. So he does that elsewhere. And so, you know, when he was at home, because he's not here right now, he's working in um, the Midwest on his business. Um, you know, it's just like regular stuff. Right. He doesn't really like sing or from what he's told me, he told he, he has told me that he sings when no one's around, like in the house. Interesting. Yeah. So now before we get into Mary to Medicine LA, before this show started, like, did you watch, like, were you, were you a Bravo fan? I mean, you don't have to be like, did you watch all this stuff on Bravo? I watched, I mean, I watched what my schedule would allow. So I would, I would primarily watch um, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, I used to watch this show that isn't on anymore. Um, it was set in New York. It was like, it was like heels. I remember like, um, oh, yeah. you know, you remember what I'm talking about? And one of the cast members, unfortunately, like succumbed to cancer. I forgot what it was called, but I used to watch that. Um, I used to watch like Beverly Hills Housewives sometimes and like Orange County sometimes. But I think like 
like most people that I know, we just, we, we would like convene to watch Real Housewives of Atlanta and like text each other, like as it was on. It's one of the best in the franchise. It is so good. <laughs> Do you still it's, watch it's it? And you know, it's, I have it's, it's, it's the highest rated too, out of all oh, the housewives. Yeah, for sure. I haven't, I didn't get the chance to really watch it as much as I wanted to last year, but I think that's because um, I was filming, like we were filming Married to Medicine LA. Right. Um, but every, like every year I'm like, I don't know, like, I don't know how they're going to top this. And then every year it just gets wilder and wilder. This season is, well, you know what it is? Kenya's back. So like. Well, exactly. There's Kenya nothing more. not feeling it. She is not feeling it. She is not. <laughs> She's not feeling it. Um, have you ever met any of them just through like, you know, press or like being on Bravo or anything like that? I haven't met any of any of those cast members. Yeah, I did run into Kenya once at like the drugstore, like by my house. Interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, but it and it was random like that particular week. I ran into her and then I actually see Lisa Renna a lot, like when I go hiking and her husband. Oh my so, god. Yeah, but they're actually, they're both really nice. Like, they're both really sweet. Um, but I haven't met any of those cast members. Um, and I think mainly because, like, they're on the East Coast and I'm on the West yeah. Coast. I have obviously met more so of the Married to Medicine and Atlanta cast. That's, and that was my next thing. Like, did you watch Married to Medicine in Atlanta before this even came about, L.A.? I did. I'll, well, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. I remember when um, Married to Medicine first, like, came to fruition and, like, several other doctors that I knew at the time, we were like, oh, my God, no. Like, this is the worst idea ever. Like, there was a petition. It was a whole thing. Um, but what's interesting now is that because Married to Medicine has been on for so long and it's it's garnered such a following, what you see a lot of like on Instagram are a lot of like doctors or like medical students who have accounts that are kind of like set up to like sell themselves, which is completely opposite from, I guess, you know, how things were when I was, you know, like a, a young doctor, because they were just kind of like, it's not about you, like to see your patients, do your work. But now, you know, people, people want multiple revenue streams, they want to be able to, you know, market themselves. And so I, I think, obviously, with time, people, including myself, have been more accepting of the fact that, you know, doctors are not just going to be kind of like, you know, like in the backgrounds and just seeing patients, like we actually have a lot to offer and we have a lot to offer in the media as well. You mean like Instagram accounts, like promoting themselves, almost like becoming Insta famous. Yeah, that's exactly. true. Like that's, that's true. completely different. But then again, when I graduated from med school, and when I graduated from, you know, my residency program and fellowship program, there was no social media, not like that. It was like MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, there are doctors that do that. I mean, most do, in, in a sense, like to, for mm -hmm. business and for other things. Wait, so when Married to Medicine started in Atlanta, there was a petition just in the general community? Yeah. Really? It was a petition. I think it was from, it originated, it might have originated from, I could be getting this wrong, but someone from Spelman College in Atlanta, and they were like, we don't want to see black female doctors like behaving like reality TV stars. 
And I was like, I mean, because in my mind, I was like, look, I've studied for 17 years, like half my life at that point, like just to be a doctor. Like, I don't want to somehow in my and this is before the show even came out. I was like, I don't want to somehow be equated with people who are going to be throwing things and doing all kinds of stuff. And even yeah. though I do remember like someone was um, like someone got thrown in a or something like the first season like people's obviously you know love is still watch it they watched and loved our show so um but i will say that was kind of one of my um i was kind of concerned that if i put myself out in the media when i first started the show that somehow my credibility might decrease but actually like it it hasn't um and it's actually given me a lot of opportunities to just spread the word about like, like mental health and mental wellness. That's, I mean, literally, see, you're, you're so easy. We have to sit down more because you're answering all my questions. Cause that, that was like one of my big questions. Like I would think as a doctor, maybe not even in the community, but like you or just anyone would have reservations because of housewives or other things you know, it's different. It's a different level. Not that there's anything wrong with being a housewife or these other right. businesses, but when you're a doctor, it's kind of like another layer oh, yeah. of concern about, you know, you're not going on the medical channel or whatever that would be. It's problem. Right. And it may even be, you know, I mean, I don't know because I haven't had these types of conversations with cast members of mine, but you know, it might be why some of, you know, a couple of the husbands are like, I don't really want to be filmed because, you know, this is what I do. And I worked really hard to get here and I don't want to be embroiled in some, you know, drama that, you know, is going to entertain because it's like, I still got to go to work the next day. Yeah. But I mean, luckily for me, you know, there, I would say there were some reservations about me doing the show for the people like around me, like maybe some of my like us, like um, my colleagues. But I mean, so far it's been it's been really good. I mean, you just have to be. I just have to be kind of careful with what I show, especially because I do see patients who have a history of being incarcerated. So there was um, we had to do a, a house tour, like all the cast members have to do house tours. And so people were like, well, why did Imani only show her kitchen and her living room? And it's like, because I can't have, I can't really have people see me in compromising positions or like in bed or something like that, because I still got to go to work the next day. And my patients know I'm on TV. They you know? do? Oh yeah, they do. Yeah. They, they watch it. Really? <laughs> yeah, they do. So, I mean, do they love that? I mean, they must like that, right? They do. I think, you know, what's, what's kind of cool for them is that because a lot of the patients that I see don't have a lot of support from their family or their friends, you know, they're, these are people who, you know, may have spent a lot of time in the street. A lot of them, you know, have been homeless for, you know, significant portions of time. A lot of times when you see psychiatrists on television, they're psychiatrists who more so deal with more, people who are more higher functioning. And so my patients are, you know, more so on the lower functioning level. And they're right. like, wow, like I, my doc was on TV. Or sometimes when I'll do news uh, programs out here in LA, they're like, oh, we saw you, you know, at noon and you were talking about like addiction or whatever. And that was really cool. So I think it's kind of nice for them seeing their doctor like on TV because I don't I really don't treat people who like have jobs and have insurance and I I treat right. them 
I treat the people that society tends to ignore. So they, so they, so they're like, you know, they're like, yeah, that's my doctor. I'm like, yeah, it's me. I mean, as at work, I'm Dr. Walker, like, oh, it's Dr. Walker, but you know, on, on TV, I'm Dr. Imani. Yeah. Interesting. And it's like, you're in a different situation. Cause I wonder like someone who's a doctor, like I would think just like anything else with being on reality TV, it would help like a private practice person. Like they probably get clients from that possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. So all the patients that I see come, they come to me. Um, but I, I do have a lot of inquiries about like, Oh, you know, if you have a private practice, can I come? And I'm like, well, I don't have one, so you can't. So I'm sorry. Right. Did like the original Married to Medicine play a role in like either positive or negative in your decision to join? Like, did you say, all right, I watched five episodes. This won't be so bad. Or like, oh my God, what the hell is going on in Atlanta? Let me think even more about this. I think what kind of partially helped me is that, so Contessa, I said to you a little while ago, I I knew Contessa when I was in college at right. University, and I knew Contessa was on the show in Atlanta. Um, it did it, it did influence my decision a bit because I knew going going into the show and and shooting it that this would be an opportunity for me to kind of further my brand. So I wanted to make sure that I was able to use it in a positive way and be able to use that visibility for myself in a positive way. So, so far I have, I, I got a book deal with um, Amistad Press, which is a part of HarperCollins. So my book comes out next year. That's great. And, yeah, thanks. And I have a podcast called An Imani State of Mind that will be debuting in June on Stitcher Network. So these are all the things I really wanted to do. And quite honestly, without Married to Medicine LA and Bravo, I wouldn't have had an audience that people would be able to see me and know, oh, okay, like, oh, that's Dr. Imani. She's a psychiatrist. Totally. What is your, pod- like, how how are your podcasts? Is that every week? Like, what and what's it going to be about? So it's basically, I've always been really interested in, um, I guess we're like pop, like pop. Hold on a second. What are you doing? You can't hear anything. Okay. okay. I feel like you can't even see me. I feel like I'm all dark no, in this fine. picture. Okay you, okay. you can make all the noise you want. Okay. Good job. Okay. Sorry. It's Skype people. <laughs> we're in a quarantine. It's world. Okay. Um, so my podcast essentially is about, I guess things that I find like fun to talk about. So Last year when The Joker came out, I was interviewed um, by Los Angeles Magazine and I basically broke down the movie because what I found interesting was there were articles coming out by um, where psychiatrists would be interviewed. And they and some of those interviews were like, oh, well, it's really hard to diagnose this patient. And I was like, no, it's actually not. So I just kind of went through my thought process and like, you know, I think he has this, you know, disorder. And if he took these medications, they would really help. And so I've always watched TV shows like The Sopranos and um, Atlanta and not Real Housewives of Atlanta, but Atlanta, the show. Um, And I always wanted to just kind of dissect and find out the motivations. And, you know, is this person, you know, is this character mentally ill? So it's kind of, so my podcast, Imani State of Mind, is about, where pop culture and mental health kind of intersect. 
and just kind of like my musings about things. And so me and my, like one of my best friends, uh, Cameron is gonna be my co-host. So we're just gonna just break stuff down and just talk about things that um, I think have been kind of missing from the landscape when people really think about mental health. Cause mental health really does encompass a lot more than we are willing to admit. True. That's true. Well, I mean, now that you're saying this, that this is what your podcast is going to be about, are you going to cover Housewives? Because I would think that's like a feeding ground. I could. Yeah, I mean, I could, you know. I mean, it all depends upon, you know, if I'm allowed to. (laughs) That's true. I didn't think of that. um, Yeah, but I mean, I, I watch like different I watch TV shows that are that are definitely more so geared towards okay like Mindhunter on Netflix like this is a show about FBI profiling and then sometimes I'll watch a show like Dave that just came out and on the show like one of his really good friends has like some mental illness going on and he talks about it and I think it's just you know I think that unless people are given the vocabulary to be able to talk about mental health and unless they have a guide which is me to be able to kind of show them what it's like. We're just, you know, there's too many things going over our heads and we're still too stuck in, you know, oh, was there a mass shooter? Well, he's mentally ill. When that's in most cases not not true because most most victims of, of that type of um, violence are actually mentally Ill, the mentally ill themselves. They're not really the ones necessarily like making plans and, you know, conceiving like the, this, these whole long drawn out things to go right. hurt people. Like that's usually not, that's not usually how it, how it happens. Interesting. Yeah. Now, no, I mean, that really is interesting. I just thought like, hey, you should do Housewives. I mean, have you ever watched, like when you watch Atlanta Housewives, I mean, do you psychologically say like, there's narcissistic behavior, there's narcissistic behavior oh, again. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's funny because people people will say to me like, "Oh, um, well, they'll say to me in the past like, oh, when are are you and do you analyze everybody? Are you analyzing me right now?'" And I'm like, "No, but of course I am. Like that's what I do. Like that's what I've done ever since I was a little kid. Except now, like I I get paid for it." <laughs> it sounds like. Listen, I think being yeah. I mean, it sounds that does not sound like a bad job. No, I mean it's it's. I like I told you before I wanted to be a writer so I would come I would write stories and write essays and I would you know come up with these characters but then I was like well there's characters just walking amongst us like let me see if I can you know analyze them and and maybe you know help them feel a little better that's so interesting yeah now how were you I mean I know you talked about your reservations but like you know how were you actually cast like how did you come to be one of the five cast members that we saw during the first season so it's funny because again my mom um she forwarded me this email and she wrote like lol like in the you know in the um body of the email and it was from her doctor who's black and he got a um a casting call email and so he forwarded to my mother and said oh maybe your daughter might be interested and was joking, so my mom sent it to me, and like it was a joke, and I just replied. And then ten minutes, like, and this was maybe at like eight o'clock at night. And then ten minutes later, somebody like called me because I I put my number in the in the email, and and she was like, "Okay, when can we meet?" And I was like, 
I don't know, like we can meet at some point this week or whenever. And then that's kind of what got the ball rolling. Cause back then it wasn't even like greenlit. We had to do like a pot, we had to do a sizzle reel. And, um, you know, we were all waiting to see if it was going to be picked up and then it got picked up and then that's kind of how it happened. But, um, it was, um, yeah, I just basically responded to an email. Did it start as Married to Medicine LA or did it start as something different? Because, you know, a lot of these shows like with the Housewives, like the, the, New York wasn't necessarily supposed to be New York back in the right. day. Right. Like Real Housewives in the tri-state area. Yeah. <laughs> or like Ladies of London, like that could have been the UK Housewives, but it wasn't. Uh, like, was this always going to be the same as Married to the Medicine? Like just Yeah, it, yeah it was always going to be Married to Medicine Los Angeles. And it's funny because the creators, like at purveyors of pop, they were like, oh, you know, we're just waiting. We don't know. And I was like, I always came, went into it like, yeah, we're going to get picked up. Like, I, I'm not going to be a part of something that isn't going to work out. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, okay. Right. You're <laughs> like, like, like I knew what that. I thought. Did you know right, any yeah. of the other people like before you applied and then like kind of started, like, did you know any of the other doctors? I knew, I knew of Britain because she was Contessa's friend um, right. when we were in college. Although I had kind of like lost touch with her. So, but then when we, you know, linked up again, it was nice because we have uh, like really similar personalities. Like we're just both very kind of like hard nosed, like very sarcastic. Um, I had met Jasmine really briefly because her and myself and her husband both work at the same hospital very briefly, like a few years ago. Um, Shanique, I knew in passing because they were like, Shanique is from Jamaica and my family's from Jamaica as well. And so there used to be a Jamaican restaurant not far from my house out here. And so everybody who was Jamaican would kind of like, you know, link up at some point at this spot. So I knew, I knew those people. I actually knew Asha because a long time ago I had like an online magazine and she had a, a YouTube series. And so we did a story on her. And then I didn't know Noel, but interestingly enough, myself and Noel were at the same hospital at the same time. We were both pregnant at the same time. Really? Yeah, but we were in different residency programs, so we never really saw each other. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And then, like, during the filming, like, was it what you expected, like, having watched Housewives, or were you just like, what the hell did I get into? Yeah, I think we were all like, what that like, what is this? Like, it was, I think we came into it like, we just want everything to be as smooth as possible. But then you start to learn, like, okay, I thought I knew this person like that, but, oh, this person's, he like, hella messy. And then it just kind of, like, spirals from there. And then, you know, you you get used to the cameras eventually. And so then once that happens, then it's just like, you know what? I got a problem with you. I don't like how you said that. Da -da 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 -da. And then you got to, you, you know, like, you. after a while I got used to it. But in the beginning, I was, I think we were all really, really, concerned with making sure that we were represented the best that we could be and we just didn't want it to devolve into something that we would later regret but I mean I think that we we all did a good job the cast and the producers and everybody involved did a really good job that true I I think so too and like did you feel pressure like 
to your quote, a black doctor is like a leprechaun. So like, did you also feel pressure like as a woman, as a woman doctor, as a black woman doctor, like to represent something bigger or not really just you wanted to represent yourself. There wasn't really any bigger. No, I, I definitely wanted, I, I mean, I wanted to represent myself and representing myself meant that I knew that I would have, that I would be seen. And I wanted to make sure that I wasn't, you know, like just, I mean, first of all, first and foremost, I'm not like a high, a, a super dramatic person anyway, but I wanted to make sure that I was able to represent myself well to people who know me, like my family and my friends, but also to like, you know, other people at large, because I wanted to basically, I got on Married to Medicine Los Angeles because I wanted other little black and brown girls to be able to see somebody like me and be like, oh, like I can really do this, you know? Um, so that's, I guess to answer your question, it's not that I felt a lot of pressure, but I, I was putting, I was putting pressure on myself, but that's just kind of me anyway. That makes sense. I, I'm like the same way. So I totally understand. Yeah. And then, like, when it came out, were you pleased with the results? Were you like, oh, my God, that was edited so incorrectly? You know, like, I, I was, didn't really I mean was that. Pleased. Yeah, I was pleased with the results. I think the one thing that surprised me a lot is that things were sometimes edited out of order than what I remember. So. Like what? Do you remember an example or no? So, like, the last, I think, like, the very, very last episode there was a party, it was my party, and the, it, it wasn't, it, it's not that anyone did anything wrong and didn't tell the story accurately, it's just that for the purposes of storytelling, they put, like, the end of the party more towards the beginning, and mm -hmm. so it was kind of out of order like that, but it made more sense that way, you know? That makes sense. Um, yeah, but now now that I understand that, it's... um. It's like, because I've I really never have dealt with you know production. I've never dealt with with anything like this. So I'm I'm learn I've learned a lot more in these past two years than I ever would have known if I would have never done anything like this. And thank God because if I would have seen that this show existed in LA and like I wasn't on it, I would have like flipped out. Really? I flipped out. I would have been like, what the fuck is this? Like, why am I not on this show? Right. So, you would have um, been so, like, I'm I'm perfect for this. Why are I in the yeah, show? Yeah, I would have been like, excuse me. Like, yeah, I would have been like, you know, calling Bravo like every day. <laughs> I Listen, I, I think you're great on it. Now, <laughs> before we get into you for a minute, like any thoughts on, you know, one of the main dramas of the first season? And listen, I, I actually think you guys have had less drama than a lot of other shows. Maybe it didn't feel like that going through it, but it was a nice little show. But we had this drama between Shanique and Asha where, over this party, and Shanique brought her husband's friend. Where are you on that, Team Shanique or Team Asha? I mean, I'm, I'm, I was Team Asha, you know? Like, I was, I was really... Okay, first of all, let's back up. When that party happened, I actually was really sick that night. So unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to really be as vocal as I wanted to be. So when you rewatch the show, it's a lot of me like... Right. <laughs> like, what are you doing? So 
Yeah, I was I was team Asha because I was like, yo, like, what are you doing? Like, that's not cool. And also, you know, we amongst ourselves, like amongst the cast, we really were like, yo, like, you know, let me know. Like, let me know if you're gonna throw me a curveball or something. But I also understand that when it comes to shows like these, you do need an element of surprise. I think for the for for me and I think for you know some of us. That was such a surprise that was so early on. Like, this might have been, like, week two. Yeah, it was towards the beginning of the season. Yeah, It was like, bitch, didn't I talk to you, like, a few days ago? Like, what are you doing? You know? Um, But it's interesting because while I was Team Asha, and I'm still Team Asha, I mean, I still do consider Shanique to be a friend of mine. I think that between last year and this year, or I'm sorry, the year before last and last year, I, me and Shanique were actually really, really close before like filming began. And then she actually, um, her and Jasmine became really, really close. So I didn't get a chance to really talk to Shanique. And then of course me and Jasmine had our drama. But I think that I kind of had to let Shanique kind of, I kind of had to put her on ice for a little bit because I was just kind of like, I don't want you coming at me like that. Like, I don't want to be throwing a curveball, and then I don't know how I'm going to act. Yeah. So let me just, you know, put you on the back burner and see how you are, you know, moving forward. And so now, like, now we're cool. But it, it was a lot to deal with in the beginning, especially because we had, none of us had ever been in this type of an arena before. Right. Yeah. And do you feel everyone was natural? Like, to your point, no one's been in that arena. Or did you feel like some of the women or anyone was there to, like, I got my 15 minutes and I'm going to bring it. And I, like, was it all, do you know what I mean? Like, was it everyone yeah. natural? Was some, was like, say, like a Shanique, like, um, I'm going to stand out amongst this cast and this is how it's going to go down. And here's my drama. And yay, like, this is happening. But thank God this is happening. I'm going to play it up. Or was yeah, everyone just kind of like living their life? I definitely think that Shanique, what like she was on level ten when the rest of us weren't, because we were like, like if that were to have happened this previous season we were shooting, I think we would all be like, girl, okay, whatever. But because we were all new, it was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you know, because we were like, I was like, bitch, like don't do that. Um, but I think Shanique really like kind of, you know, set the tone for the levels of petty that, you know, we would experience. And I think that's why it took so so it took so many of us aback. Because for the viewers, it didn't look like it was a lot of drama. But for us, it I mean, it was huge. It was really big. Like people weren't speaking to each other, like factions, you know, like there were lines drawn in the sand. It was wild. But I think now that we know what, you know, what is involved when you're on a show like this, we're able to more so take it in stride. It doesn't mean that people still don't get mad. Right. But we're able to, you know, be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to let, like, I'm not going to, like, stop you into the ground today. I'm going to let that slide. You know, I'm going to keep my eye on you, but we're, we're cool. Right. Like, to your point, after Shanique does this, you're like, oh, well. If that's what she's doing, Asha, I, 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 I'm here. I've, I've woken up. Right, exactly. Like I was just trying to be on some cool shit, but I was like, oh, is this what we're doing? Okay, fine. Like I was trying to be nice, but like, okay, let's go there. Right. 
Now, <laughs> let's go there. Since you said it, let's go there now. Okay. All right. So let's talk about Jasmine's wonderful Barbie party. <laughs> And I mean, I mean, listen, obviously you knew this was coming now. I mean, that's the thing. Like, did you expect the fact that you said, I mean, so you went big house dynasty style, not a similar house to a lot of others in on the show. And then you said like, this looks like a drug dealer's dealer's house. house. Yeah. And then you explained that like, as a psychiatrist, the numbers don't add up. Like, did you you know, like, did you think this comment would now become this whole big thing that kind of was like another one of, like, to me, there was two main dramas in the first season. It was like Asha and Shanique, and it was like you and Jasmine and this whole drug dealer comment. So, like, did you think that this would be such a big deal? I really, I really didn't. Um, But I think at the time, like, there were some things that had happened before we had started filming that Jasmine had done that really irked me. And so I'm very vindictive, right? Like me too. I'm, me too. Yeah, like I'm a very nice person, but like if I feel that you've wronged me or that if you've wronged somebody that I care about, which is what I felt Jasmine had done, then like yeah, like I'm I'm about to go there. Like I will make I can make people cry with my words. So I'm like, let's let's do that. When I said it though, did I know that she might take offense to it? Yeah, but at the time I didn't really care. And I was just, I was just irked. I was just irritated because there were a lot of things at play, right? So as I said to you initially, like me and Shanique were really cool. And then she like went away. And then Shanique did this whole thing to Asha, who was my friend. So I was like, okay, if I got to pick a side, I'm over here with like Asha and, and Noel and Britton. So I was just like, you know what, fine. Like, Jasmine had done a couple things to me before we started filming that I really did not like. And so I saw that, I think, is my chance to just be like, okay, you know what? You want to play this game with me? Let's play. Because I play the long game, not the short game. You and me both. Um, <laughs> I, I am a very nice person. Very nice. I love everyone. But when I feel wronged, you better duck for cover. Yeah. It just doesn't end with me. Yeah. Like it'll it'll end maybe, you know, in a couple years. But like I know you're not supposed to hold grudges, but I can hold grudges forever. Yeah. Like after I take you there and I feel okay, then we, we can end this. Right, That's right, fine. exactly. Right. I'm like when I, all I feel right. satisfied yeah. that you were hurt enough, then yeah. we, okay, then it's fine. Kind of. <laughs> um I am the same way. So I yeah. don't know what that from a site psychiatrist point of view I don't know what that makes me but that's how I am but then I love everybody um and what is it that Jasmine did to you before you guys started filming so she so she and I had gone out to brunch like on our own and you know like there was asked like after you were cast you're like let's get to know each other yeah like let's get together like let's have brunch like let's you know like let's see what's going on and so you know we there was only the two of us there that was it Nobody else was there to to know what happened. And so one of the first things that she asked me was, oh, do you think that I act young? And I knew kind of what she was asking, but, you know, I'm, I'm like 44 now. And I think back then she might have been 28 or 29 maybe. So to me, I'm like, well, I'm talking to somebody who was born when I was a teenager, right? So I felt kind of like I might have been getting set up. So I was like, here's the thing. 
you're not even 30, you're married and you have a child. Two things which would have been a complete nightmare for me. So I said to her at the time, I said, I give you credit for doing that because when I was 29, 30 years old, I was out in these streets. Like I was not trying to do anything like that. So, and we talked about other stuff and that was it. So I find out at a, at a later brunch, maybe a month later, that apparently she was upset because, let me try to get this straight. Yeah. Because when I spoke to Shanique and mentioned to Shanique that, oh, well, Jasmine asked me if she thought I acted young, which I thought was a silly question. Somehow it turned into, oh, well, Imani was lying and she does think that I act young. Now, here's the thing about me. If you have an issue with me and you have my phone number, you need to call me. You need to text me. You need to send a, a pigeon, whatever. Like, talk to me. I'm a grown woman. Don't go getting mad because you talked to somebody who wasn't even there and you decided on your own that this is now the narrative you want to, like, put forth. Because you could have just asked me and I would have been like, that's not what I said. Yeah. Right? So at the time we met up for brunch, it was the whole cast now and my best friend who who happened to just accompany me there. And so, you know, I, when I saw Jazz, I was like, hey girl, what's up? And she was really like, you know, just flip it and kind of icy. And I was like, what's wrong with you? So then we hashed it out. But I was like, you know, I'm like, listen, in the future, like, don't, you do, do not do that. Okay, yeah. like, I am too grown for this shit. So then something else happened at that brunch where my best friend has like, four kids and this is her first time away from them and she lives in Seattle and I'm, I'm in LA so she was texting her husband and because her phone was up <laughs> Jasmine s- suddenly shouts out are you trying to take pictures of me bitch yeah. no no she's texting so I was like not only is this person like incapable of having like an adult conversation with me but she's incredibly self-absorbed and that just really rubbed me the wrong way so then we started filming and then you know especially with the whole issue that happened between Shanique and Asha and Jasmine's like well you shouldn't be concerned to Asha you shouldn't be concerned because you're the one who married her and I'm like bitch this ain't got nothing to do with you so then when I found my in I took it that makes and, sense. And honestly, it was a joke. And, and you know, to, to be honest, I've apologized to that girl about 50, 11 times about that thing. And you did it in front of her mother. That I was that, That's not an easy Which thing to do. Which was odd, wasn't Yeah, it that's, hard? I mean, I think that, like, I cringed, not, like, because of, it's just, yeah. Like, if I was apologizing to someone, like, if someone were apologizing to me in front of my parents, my parents would be like, Get the, the fuck out of here. Yeah, right. like, jump in. Like, you have a problem with our child. So, I thought that was like kudos to you because that's like a hard thing to do to apologize in front of someone's mother. Well, here's the thing. Like, so it bothered me in, for a lot of, in a lot of ways. But, you know, again, I'm grown. I don't have to bring my mom with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I, just do, yeah. I don't. Like, if I, if I went up to my mother and was like, can you come with me? She'd be like, no, no. Like, what do you, why would you even ask me that? Right. You know, so, but what I found interesting was that the setup was awful, right? Because when I walked into that situation, I was like, well, isn't this interesting? 
I'm like, so basically I can take one of two routes. One I, I would never take, which is to completely flip out on everyone in attendance, including her mother and her aunt, right? And her, which I don't do because I respect my elders. So I was like, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. I can be manipulative. So let's manipulate the situation so that you look dumb and I look better. And that's what I did. I think that's great. <laughs> I was like, this is, I'm like, look, I, I've, we're not doing this today. Like, I'm not going to flip out on your mother, but also I'm not going to be seen as the bully. Right. When a lot of people didn't, like, no one knew why I was upset with her. So I, I was just right. like, okay, if y'all want for me to be the bully, you y'all want me to, you know, you, you want for me to be the, the scapegoat here, that's fine. I don't really care because I know what happened. So that's why I said what I said. That's why I did what I did. And I apologize because I was like, all I wanted for you to feel was how I felt when you tried to diss my best friend and when you tried to like scream, when you, when you tried to basically spin a narrative that was false. I just wanted for you to feel bad. And now that I know you feel bad, now we're done. Right. That makes sense. Where right. do you guys stand today? Like, do you have anything to do with her? Yeah. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. We it, the first season was rough. It was rough because we all live in our own little, you know, like galaxies. We we don't deal with all these clashes and stuff. And I think over time, you know, now she's someone that I've known for the better part of like two, two and a half years. And she is someone who is is really sweet. And we, especially with all of this quarantine stuff and COVID stuff, like. We, you know, we text a lot and we, you know, go back and forth a lot. So we're cool. I mean, there's, you know, it, I'm certainly not on the war path to try to, her make, to try to make her feel any kind of way. That's good. Yeah. And then why any, or are you shocked that like Dr. Noel and Asha are not back? Um, I was, I was shocked. I was, I was very shocked that they um, were not. I guess they weren't asked to come back. I don't know the whole story about all of that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, look, I they're still really good friends of mine. Um, you know, we still, I know Asha had her baby, so I haven't been able to really spend time with her. But me and Noel meet up for drinks and we chat on the phone and we'll go out to dinner and stuff. So, you know, the, the one thing I can say is that I'm glad that I got two really good friends out of this. But then also I'm, I'm glad that I got, you know, two really good friends from, you know, connecting with Leah and her coming on the show and also meeting Kendra. Because they're, I mean, they're like really, really cool. Like really, really just like really nice people. What, um, were Dr. Noel and Asha upset? Like were they really upset that they weren't coming back? I think they were upset because, you know, we're, we're all people who, you know, want to finish what we started and no one wants to have something kind of snatched away from them without having input on it. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I think that it was a good move for, for both of them. I think that it was a good move for them to come on the show and, and get the exposure and it's not, you know, what's interesting is that it's not like the fans forgot about them because they're always like, where are they at? What, 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 where are they? Like, why are they not on the second season? Do you talk to them? So they still were able to make a really lasting impact. So I think, you know, despite the fact they're not on the second season, I think that's, 
the biggest takeaway that they really did make an impact on the viewers and the fans. That's good. And you say from Kendra and Leah, we have good things to come. Oh yeah. Like Dr. Kendra is awesome. Leah is, Leah reminds me a lot of myself because we're both very business minded and she's married to a psychiatrist and he actually works at my hospital as well. So okay. yeah. So it's, they're just, they're just like, they're definitely people that like I really care about I would hang out with like they're they're great I think the fans are really gonna like them do you think there's anything like do you think there's more I think this is different than the original married to medicine in a way in the sense that like you guys really do have a mix of like doctors and doctors wives Mm -hmm. like do you think there's a bigger pressure like to some of the stuff we talked about like before from like a doctor to act a certain way on TV versus a doctor's wife? Um, that's kind of hard to answer because unlike, see, in Atlanta, there are doctor's wives who don't necessarily have, like, a career, right? And so, like, Shanique has a career. Jasmine's, like, working more now that her son is a little bit older. And Leah... Had, Leah actually owns like a chain of beauty supply stores and she right. just opened a new one while we were filming. And so, and also Leah used to be a licensed clinical social worker and that's how she met her husband. So all of us in some capacity are like go-getters and hustlers. Not to say that women who are quote unquote just housewives are not, but what you'll get to see over the course of the season is that like, you know, we're juggling a lot. It's not just the doctors, it's all of us. That's the impression I got too. And like, what could we expect? Like, how is the, how is the second season different than the first? I think the second season is different from the first because now you're dealing with people who are, you know, more familiar with each other, more familiar with, you know, the process. Um, but also we're more, we're more familiar with being able to kind of hash things out and not have them like take such a toll on us. So I think if anything, you'll get, you'll definitely going to see more drama and you're definitely going to see us have like a lot more fun. We took a cast trip to Palm Springs and (laughs) just wait. It's a mess. It's a mess. (laughs) It's a mess. Yes, it's, it's, it's really, it's really funny, but like there are a lot of really poignant moments in there and like, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I think this episode, you're going to see like a, the full range of emotions and it's not just going to be, you know, an argument that kind of plays out over several episodes. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes on this season. I'm so, I'm totally excited for the second season. And then other than Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin on your runs, like, do you run into like any of the OC or Beverly Hills housewives? You know what? I used to, I have run into um, Garcelle Bouvet in the past, um, but I haven't really run into anyone else. I'm excited. And she's new, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But I run into her more so in this area because I think she might live in this area of L.A. I think I cannot wait to see her on Beverly Hills. Me I think too. Gonna, I think she's going to do a great job. Yeah, and, for sure. Right? I think I think there's going to be good things to come. And then your book went, that's next year, you said? Yeah, so my book is titled A Calm Chaos, and it's coming out on Amistad Press, which is HarperCollins Publishers. It is a, um, a memoir 
It's basically a memoir. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a it's a mem it's my memoir and basically describes how because I I have been diagnosed with anxiety and, and clinical depression in the past, and it just basically kind of describes like how my family like genetically kind of like what they deal with and how that played into you know my issues and struggles with mental illness and how I was able to kind of make my way towards mental health with you know you guys learned on the on the first season of the show that like my father my biological father abandoned myself and my mom and what kind right. of impact that had and also just a lot of the you know changes that I had to make um as I got older and just, you know, things that, that people also, you know, don't know about me, which is that I have been the, I have been the victim of abuse, but I don't consider myself the victimized. Um, and it just, it just goes into, you know, like basically if, if I can get to this point in my life, then you can too. That's great. You'll have to do a book tour when it comes out. Oh yeah, for sure. No, that's You'll have to come to the New York area. Yes. No, I actually, I've been dying to go out to New York for work. So you and I will get together for a drink when you come to New York. Yes. We can go up to Harlem. If you want to see where you grew up, wherever you want to go, we'll go. Okay. <laughs> um, and then as we wrap up, before we go, how is your relationship with your sister going? Which we saw. Oh, great. It, her name is Jasmine as well. Okay. Um, yeah, she like we're we're great. Like we we don't chat as often as I would like to, but that's I think really because of my schedule. But also she works a lot too. Um, but yeah, we're we're on great terms. Um, and also because of all this quarantine stuff, I've actually been like communicating more with my biological father, which has been nice too. Oh wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah, so that's great. It is. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? I have to take. Um, before you hang up on the phone. Oh, um, but, no, I don't think so. Just everybody tune in to Mary to Medicine season two, uh, Sunday, May 3rd, after the premiere of Real Housewives of Potomac. It's going to be amazing. And season one, for everyone who hasn't seen it, is eight episodes. It is, you could watch the whole thing very quickly. Very quickly, because it was too short. <laughs> on, uh, this, are, are, are we going to get more episodes this year? I think so, yeah. That's I good. So. Yeah. And I think it's good you're on the same night as Potomac. Yeah, I know. I'm really actually excited to watch Potomac. It's, did you watch it last season? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. It's, Potomac is another one that is just. It's, it was a slow burn at first, but then it just yeah. like lit up. Season one, season two, I wasn't right. really there, but I am here for it. I am here for it. So, <laughs> all right, let me take this picture of you. Okay. <laughs> And then I'm going to do a screenshot. Believe it or not, these come out better than they look like they do. This is not how I like to take pictures. I like to take <laughs> in-person pictures. And then I learned this new thing. I'm going to do a screenshot. So just look at the... Okay, sure. Yeah, like that's pretty good. Let me take... Why isn't this working? Hold on. Let me just... Hold on. Okay. Let me do one more. Okay. Do you like those? You look yeah, good. Yeah, that's fine. You look good. Okay, I'll, that's fine. I I'll don't really care you. about pictures. Either I'm like, I'm, I don't. Same here. I am like, one day I look great, one day I don't. I don't believe in all this editing. It's just not my thing. I'm like. No, I, I'm like, you're never good. Like, I don't. 
I don't care. I'm just like, I'm, it wasn't until this show, like the editors are always asking me for pictures from my past. I'm like, I don't take pictures. I hate taking pictures. Really? Oh, I take, you'll do a deep dive into my Instagram and you'll see that I do pictures, but it's, it's just only related to this podcast. Otherwise, right. like, but I don't care. I, I, I don't want someone to meet me in real life and be like, Oh, you're so attractive <laughs> in your pictures. No, like that's why I don't believe in like face to. I, I think the opposite. I think I look much better in real life than I do in any picture I have ever taken. No, that's face just tuning is wild, and I don't know if like are we not filmed? Are we not doing this anymore? Yeah. Like, the, okay. Still doing this. Okay. Well, well there was <laughs> there was. I don't know who Nini pissed off at the New York Post last year. But did you see they did that like swipe of the face yeah. tune? Yeah. I was like, oh, like, yeah, no, face tune can really like fuck up your whole situation. I'm not into it. I'm not doing it. I, yeah, I'm- no. Like, I'm like, you look like a pixelated cartoon. Like, a lot of people, they do too much. I'm like, I just want to take the shine away. And then I'm like, let's go. I don't care. I like just minor stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I could talk to you forever. No, that's so nice. Me too, because I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. My team is like, David, hurry the fuck up. Right, like, get off the phone. Um, but anytime, you'll, I'll, I'll like DM, I'll DM you, you'll DM yeah. me. We can talk anytime you want. Okay. I, everyone, watch the new season, Married to Medicine LA. It is going to be amazing. Dr. Amani Walker, I'm so glad you joined us. Thank you for quickly getting back to me and everything. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's no problem. Thank you for having me. This was super fun. And the next time we talk, you can like, I'll, I'll ask you to analyze me on the side. Okay, I'll do that. I won't charge you. It's fine. Thank you. <laughs> um, I really appreciate it. And I will be in touch. I'll DM okay. you. Thank All right. you. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.